0: Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. Your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 322 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you for downloading today's show. Thank you for tuning in today. This is going to be a relatively quick thought concept that has been on my mind. Something that really kind of struck me a couple days ago as I was going through some content online, watching some professional hitting, and also just kind of reflecting on my own thoughts and focus when when I'm on the court, both as a player and also as a coach as well. And we'll start with that. I'm just going to start with a little bit of personal philosophy or background as both a player and a coach. And that just kind of sets up a little bit the contrast of what we're going to talk about in regards to Rafael Nadal, which is which is pretty pretty interesting. So as a player, I've always and this is just my my personality. Not everybody is like this, but actually that was kind of what first tipped me off when I when I came into a club environment and I got a sense and a feeling for the huge contrast between my attitude and your average tennis player's attitude in this area. It really. Kind of floored me and kind of baffled me, and that attitude has to do with missing feeds. And a feed is just the first shot that starts a rally or starts a point. And I, w- I've always been kind of prideful and kind of taken personal satisfaction. And when I miss a feed, either like just just to set up a scenario, so just imagine you're playing out a point in a game up to 10 against somebody on the other side of the courts. In tennis training, like high performance tennis training or team practices, this is a really common setup where you have an opponent on both sides, they're playing each other out, there's no serves and returns, and you just feed a ball. You just start the point by just hitting down the middle of the court. It's just a drop hit or just toss and hit. And the whole idea is you're just starting the point in a neutral, friendly way. The whole point is not to gain the advantage, not to like try to run your opponent, but you're, you're, this is where the kind of of the, the, gentlemanly aspect of tennis that kind of the tradition of tennis comes into play you're you're showing your opponent almost kind of a sign of good faith that here you go i'm just starting the point and when you feed to your opponent or when i feed to my opponent i'm expecting that they generally they hit a competitive shot but they more or less hit back down the middle to me on their first shot And I think there's kind of an unwritten rule or law among better, stronger players that this is just how competitive points start when there's not a serve or a return. You're you're kind of showing a sign of good faith by just hitting the ball to your partner or to your opponent on the other side. So as a player in the past and now i just played a bunch of baseline points against kevin yesterday we played some tiebreakers with serve and return and we also played some baseline points without serve and return where we were doing exactly this we were just starting with a feed down the middle and both kevin and i were without talking about it abiding by this kind of unwritten rule of courtesy feed down the middle and a neutral, competitive, but neutral shot down the middle on the first ball, give or take. You know, we're not going for a winner off the first shot. There's just not a lot of honor in that. (laughs) So yesterday, at least once, Kevin hit that first ball down the middle to me, the feed, and I tried to just hit back down the middle to him, and I missed that shot. And for me, I've always kind of prided myself in counting that miss. And if I were if I were to just miss the feed outright and just hit the ball into the net, which doesn't really ever happen because I've fed millions of times, uh, but does happen occasionally. I would count that as well. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna mess up on the easiest shot of the point, then I don't want to redo. I don't I don't want to do it over. That should count because my focus, my intentionality about what I'm doing on the court should be high even on that starting shot. It should be just as high in that starting shot as it is on the, the put away forehand where I know I'm pulling the trigger to close out the point. And so as a player, I've never taken a redo. And a lot of times the opponent will say, oh, I'll just do it again. But I've always kind of insisted Uh, No, no, I I missed the shot. I don't deserve a redo. That's, That's your point. I lost the point, fair and square. And this is just my personality. And frankly, when I went to a club environment for the first time, and it was suddenly my job to facilitate training, to facilitate improvement, to facilitate learning and development, I was really surprised that I was very unique in that sense. Most of the tennis players that I was working with had the opposite culture or the opposite attitude. If there was any kind of hiccup or early miss in the points or in the rally, everybody wanted to just do it over again. Oh, just, just, just do it again. Just take a redo the the whole first ball in mentality at FBI at the beginning of a match was unbelievably foreign to me. Uh, people wanted redos as often as possible just to be able to get the point started, and in in one sense, it's totally understandable and completely makes sense, right? If you're playing tennis purely for enjoyment, then why take it so seriously? Why beat yourself up? Why uh, cut yourself down a peg if you're gonna just miss that shot? What's the big? Just do it again. What's the big deal? Wouldn't everybody rather have uh, a full point? Wouldn't that just be more enjoyable anyway? But my from my perspective, I'd, I was like, well, you're here paying for my time. I'm assuming you want to get better because you're taking a lesson or you're coming to a a, a group lesson or a clinic or a, a team practice or something of that nature where the, the point assumedly is to get better than you are right now. So why would you want why would you want a freebie? Why would you want a, a do-over when when you go play your match at, at the competing club next week, they're not going to give you any do-overs. So why would you want to practice in a softer way than what is real life? What's actually going to happen when score is being kept track of and it really counts and it really matters to you? Why, why would you treat yourself in a way that would cause your intensity, your focus, your uh, competitive spirit to be any less sharp than it actually could be, when it really matters the most. So, as a coach, I've always tried to push my players in that in the opposite direction of that of of letting themselves have that slack, that competitive slack, that that focus uh, slack. I need a synonym for Slack. I've always tried to push my my students, my players, away from the need to have that little buffer. There you go. A little buffer in their focus. Instead of actually uh, training themselves, their minds and their bodies and their strokes, um, they've always wanted to shy away from that. But that's just never been my personality. So, The other day, I was looking around on the internet for a really specific type of hitting from a professional player. I was looking for a court-level angle of a practice session of any top-level elite professional player that really showed the shape of the, the ball. Because when you watch on TV, the camera angle looks down onto the court, which flattens everything and it's very deceptive, it's easy to assume that the ball is traveling over the net by just a couple inches, or maybe a foot or two, but frequently the ball is much, much higher than that. So I was clicking through some BMP Paraba practice court training footage from just this past March, and I found a clip of Nadal. I don't, I don't know who he was training with, who he was practicing with, but the two of them had just come out, they were a couple minutes into their training session, and they were still at the point in their training where they were just feeding down the middle, starting a rally, and just pretty relatively low intensity. They were not playing points out. Uh, they had not really ramped up their speed yet to be full intensity. And so it was pretty casual, calm, just warm-up exchange. If you've ever watched elite professional players train then that's very typically the first five or ten minutes after they do their their body warm-up with dynamic stretches and different movements and bands and that sort of thing. Some of them will hit short courts. Some of them will go right back to the baseline. But all of them, even Rafa, who's just infamous for his intensity, even Rafa will go out and start off half speed. And so that happened here. They were a couple minutes into just the slow, smooth ramping up of the pace. Rafa's partner began a rally by feeding the ball down the middle to him. And Rafa hit that ball as a forehand, just right dead in the middle of the net. And there was just something about that moment in time where the ball went. I'm looking for shape. I'm looking for the ball to curve and arc and go way up over the top of the net, especially from Rafa, who's very well known for hitting more topspin than anybody in the history of the game of tennis. Hits a tremendous amount of shape, has a tremendous amount of curve on all of his ground strokes. And so my eyes are literally just kind of looking up three, four feet above the net because that's where he was hitting his shots up until that point. Still in like a half speed, maybe six out of seven. I'm sorry, maybe a six out of 10 or maybe a seven out of 10 speed. He had not gotten up to full intensity yet. And so I'm expecting high and lots of spin and, and easily coming back into the court. But instead, on a feed, on a courtesy neutral ball hit down the middle of the court to Rafa's forehand, Rafa, who's known as like the shot-tolerance king of the world, who is known as the intensity and focus king of the world in the game of tennis, took that neutral ball right down the middle of the court, right to his most confident shot, and put it right into the middle of the net, right off the first ball. And to me... In that moment there was just this connection point in my brain where it was it was I realized in that instant that this is what unifies tennis players all around the globe. It doesn't matter how long you've been playing. It doesn't matter how many grand slams you've won or how many matches you've won at your local courts or at your club or anything else. Any of us at any point in time can make an incredible once in a lifetime shot but then immediately afterwards follow it up by missing the most easy possible ball that we could possibly receive. And that is just a fundamental truth of tennis. And yet those of us who are super passionate about the game, super passionate about the improvement process, we don't seem to accept that reality. And I'm I'm very much kind of preaching to myself here at this point. But I I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that many of you listening to my voice right now can relate to that tremendously and know exactly what I'm talking about. Where somewhere in the back of your brain you know kind of the numbers. You you know that most tennis points end with an error, even at the even at the professional level of the game. In fact, I just finished making a uh, a tally. I went through the the full stats for Wimbledon 2019. Yeah, in preparation for a, a live training session I'm I'm doing tomorrow, and I found that across the entire tournament, combining every point played on both the the men's side and the women's side, 31% of all the points at Wimbledon ended with an unforced error. That means the player wasn't even stressed; they they weren't being pushed at all they weren't uncomfortable they weren't off balance or out of position they were in balance in control and just missed the shot for no reason these are the world's most elite players on the surface where it's easiest to hit a winner and almost a third of all of the shots hit at wimbledon i'm sorry almost a third of all the points that ended at wimbledon this year where some of the most incredible matches ever were played ended with one of those players, the best in the world, just missing for no reason. There was there was no external reason for them to miss the shot; they just missed it. <laughs> and so, for for the rest of us, you know, for me, as a five zero player, when I'm when I'm at my best, how you know how should that affect my mentality about myself? I I know that I tend When I'm playing, when I miss a shot that I know I should have been able to make, I know that when I'm at my worst mentally, I'm extremely hard on myself, and it's something that can snowball very, very quickly. But Rafa, watching Rafa in this training session, receives a feed, puts it in the middle of the net, which is not even close to where he's aiming, and his hand just went right to his pocket. He just pulled out the next ball immediately and just fed it across the net. And for him, what is it? What does he want? 18 slams now, I think. 18 Grand Slam winner. For him, that miss off the feed was a routine thing. He didn't think twice about it. He didn't throw his racket. He didn't pout. He didn't drop his head. He didn't throw his hands up in the air and say, "Oh man, this is I'm so much better than this." Things that all of us do when we miss shots that we know we're capable of making. Instead, 18-time Grand Slam winner, highest shot tolerance, highest intensity player of all time, could, could easily argue. I can't say that definitively, but we all know he's very much regarded as the best ever in, in both of those areas, missing the easiest shot possible, the easiest shot he'll receive all year, putting it in the middle of the net and just moving on to the next shot. And for me, that that is very much kind of at the center of being successful in tennis. It's not that you shouldn't care. It's not that you shouldn't give yourself a reminder, but how are you allowing it to affect you emotionally and psychologically? Are you berating yourself and, and giving yourself a flurry of technical reminders and getting bogged down in swing thoughts and... Telling yourself, oh man, what if I'm having an off day today? I promise you Rafa is not having any of those thoughts. He's just going to the next swing because he knows missing that routine easy shot is just a part of the game. And the very next ball might be one of the best shots he's ever hit in his life. (laughs) And so rolling with those ups and downs is, is a big challenge. I'm not trying to say this should be easy, but it is something that you need to be aware of. You need to be cognizant of because if you're not, it's I know that it's very easy to get sucked into a very negative downward spiral. So, that's my message for you today. Rafael Nadal, Mrs. Feeds. Hopefully that gives you some perspective, gives you some encouragement. And as always, if you have any comments, you have any topics that you would like me to cover in a future episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast, you can always shoot me an email to ian, that's I-A-N, at EssentialTennis.com. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.